Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation station, Manx Radio. I wish that this week I'd uh, gone to the trouble of putting some flowers in the studio. I really should have done. Not because of my guest being a lovely lady, which she is, Judy Matthews, by the way, um, because we will be talking a lot about the Flower Festival. But we'll get on to that. But firstly, a very warm welcome and apologies for the lack of blooms. Judy Matthews, welcome to my tunes. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So many things to talk about. But I want to start because, well, I got moments in research are never wasted, they say. Uh, grew up in Crosby, but not Crosby on the Isle of Man, Crosby in Liverpool. Yes, that's right. So, what was it? A was it a musical family, or how um, how did we start? Not not particularly musical. My mum enjoyed music. Dad sort of switched off. I learnt the violin at school, which I hated, <laughs> um, and I also learnt the piano, which I loved, and that stood me in good stead for all these years. It is funny, isn't it? I think the violin. When kids start learning the violin, as a parent, you have to be particularly forgiving, don't you? Yes, very forgiving. It's one of those instruments, whereas the piano, yeah, you can have a few wrong notes, but it never quite sounds quite as challenging as a violin in the early stages, does it? Well, the difference is with a piano, the note is there for you. Yeah. You, you touch the key and you get the note you've played, whereas in the violin it depends whether you put your finger in the right place on the fret and whether it's in tune or not, and I certainly wasn't a Yehudi menuhin. <laughs> it was fairly agonising. And I actually sold the two violins that I'd both been given, I sold them to the Dubliners on Exchange Station in Liverpool in rush hour. How did you get to know them? I didn't get to know them. I was with a friend. I decided I was going to sell these fiddles and I took them to a couple of sort of fairly well-renowned music shops in Liverpool and they said that they were too good for school kids but not good enough for Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra sort of thing. So I was stood. I was with a nursing friend and left her stood with the violins while I went to buy a copy of the Liverpool Post and Echo to advertise these violins. And when I came back, she was surrounded by these hulking great big fellows who were taking my violins out of their cases and playing them. And I hadn't a clue who they were, and Pam certainly hadn't a clue. And they announced that they were the Dubliners, and they bought both fiddles off me for £20 each. And with that money, I bought a sewing machine and made all the curtains for our house when we got married. Did you ever go and see the Dubliners <laughs> playing your violins? We did, actually, ah. many, many years later at Bollington Folk Festival. In the pouring rain, when there was so much water, it was in a big marquee and the, the electrics kept cutting out. And we sent a note backstage and said, do you remember purchasing these violins? And we got a note and we went. It was a bit um, a solitary exercise, actually, because they were in a very tatty motorhome, very big tatty motorhome with a lot of fumes and a lot of alcohol. I think the Dubliners are fairly well known for <laughs> yes. a fairly uh, rough and ready lifestyle. But they were still using one of the violins. So Fantastic. That was, that's my claim to fame. But you did stick with the piano and indeed yes. the organ, and we'll yeah. talk about that a little later in the week. But I think we should have your first choice, and you can take us through 
why you've chosen this particular track. Well, my first choice is Blue Moon by Elvis Presley because my dear husband's a great Elvis fan. There is a connection to the Flower Festival in that Blue Moon is a rose. It's not actually very blue. It's more of a sort of a pale lilac colour. But Blue Moon is also the Manchester City fans' favourite song, really. We're both firm Manchester City supporters. I was brought up on Waterloo Rugby as a child until I met Brian and... um, Ever since then, I think I'm nearly as converted as as he is. <laughs> we actually went to Vienna in 1970 to the finals of the Cup Winners' Cup in the rain, and City won, I'm pleased to say. What better reason could exactly. we possibly have? Let's have it. Elvis Presley's Blue Moon. Blue Moon, you saw me standing alone Without a dream in my heart My guest on my tunes all this week is Judy Matthews. Thank you for doing this. It's good to have you back in our studio. It's been a while. It is indeed, yes. Now, the the last time you were on, you were doing a live piece and promoting a flower festival a few years ago, and the phone kept going off because you'd given the number out. That's right, yes. (laughs) And who was that famous person who kept calling? It was Nigel from the Albany Guesthouse in Peel. Nigel, if you're listening, don't phone in. Don't phone in. Uh, We haven't given the number yet either. Uh, Yesterday, we had a bit of Elvis Presley, Manchester City and more. I want to talk today, though, because you just hinted at it when you were selling your violins to the Dubliners that you were nursing at that stage because you were nursing. We've worked it out, certainly 
uh, for over 40 years of your life. What drew you to nursing, Judy? I honestly don't know. It was just always something I wanted to do. And in hindsight, the only other thing I would have been interested in doing was archaeology, and I think I chose the right option. I did my training, and then I did my midwifery, and then I went back into the operating theatres, where I stayed right through until 2004, when I retired, and then I worked for eight years with a very good dentist in Port St Mary. That's quite a different frame, though, isn't it? Come from an operating theatre and, and, and the clinical side into a dentist surgery when you're sort of busy looking in somebody's mouth all day long. Um, yes and no. You've still got the technical bit about having to have all the equipment ready for, you know, be it a surgeon or a dentist. It's um, So th- there were definite similarities. I had worked with a dentist um, for a couple of years or way back in the early 70s very 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 part-time so it wasn't totally alien to me and I had done some dental surgery but it was a very convenient job as a wind down to retirement. Now you must have seen significant changes in uh, the way hospitals are run in the way things are done the way nurses work I mean it's changed beyond recognition from the 60s hasn't it? It has I'm not always sure that it's for the best Mm. I think the move to make nursing into a degree course took away a lot of the real practical skills. But then I'm old-fashioned, and I hope I'm allowed to say it. So whatever you like, (laughs) as long as it's, well, legal, honest, decent, which it will be, which it will be. No, it has changed, and I think uh, you're right, because someone like you, growing up, who maybe wasn't going to get a degree, or maybe was, I'm not saying you didn't, but if if, uh, somebody could look at nursing as a real vocation, as something they really wanted to do first, before thinking about qualifications. Yes, I think that's very true. Some of, some of the girls I trained with have made absolutely phenomenal, hands-on, practical nurses. And if you'd asked them to do a degree course, they wouldn't have been able to cope with it. But the nursing profession and, and the population of the UK would have been much the poorer for them not having had their TLC, for lack of a better word. You know, I'm sure that there's good and bad in all sorts, but it's just gone paper mad. Certainly when I came over to the island and worked on the island for four years, it was one thing I didn't miss. (laughs) The paperwork. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. We're going to talk about music tomorrow a lot, but uh, we will just touch on the amazing organ that is being sold, the organ that you played uh, a lot, in Port Erin. The church has been sold, is that right? It is, yes. It's been sold, it's going to be developed into a private house, but the people from the church, the, the church members, we're moving into the Sunday school premises next door, which we're hoping to have some major refurbishment in the coming months, years, however long it takes, yeah. however much we can afford now, sadly. Yeah. So the organ, which is a Moses organ, and is regarded as, according to Charles Gard and uh, Gareth Moore, one of the best organs on the island. And we are very sad to see it go, But we are very happy that it is going to a Catholic church in Poland and the Valdek, the organ builder, is due over on the island in a couple of weeks' time to dismantle it and take it back. Well, that's wonderful to know. It'll have a great home. Exactly. And it'll it'll ring out over there. Today's choice of music, please. What's it going to be, Judy? It's the Banana Boat Song by Harry Belafonte. I love it, but why have you chosen it? (laughs) Well, another big facet of my life until not all that long ago was guiding. I started as a brownie and worked right through and only finished 
I suppose about 15 years ago now. And as a guide and then as a leader, we used to go very frequently to Fellfoot National Trust site on the edge of Lake Windermere opposite Newby Bridge. And every year when we camped, there tended to be one song that would go round, run round the, the campsite for the full week. And on this particular year, it was the Banana Boat song. And on one day later in the week, we took the children round to Lakeside to go up on the steamer up the lake. And the guy on duty in the, in the railway station actually said, he said, is it you lot that are always singing the Banana Boat song? And apparently they could hear it carrying across the lake and half the staff in the station had been singing it along with us across the water. So it's got very happy memories of, I think we camped there seven or eight years on the run. And my husband will tell you that it always rains in the Lake District. I can tell you very differently because it, we used to have sunshine year after year after year there. And even slept out out of the tents watching the stars and the shooting stars um, because the weather was so good. Work all night and I drink a rum.
if you go down to St John's Mill soon for the Flower Festival, chances are you'll meet up with my guest, my MyTunes guest, all this week, who is Judy Matthews. Flower Festival coming up 8th to the 10th of July at St John's Mill. We'll go into details tomorrow, if we may, Judy, because it's not spread around the whole island, is it? We actually did this format last year. Uh, so this is the second year we're doing it. Yeah. The previous year we had to abandon ships because of COVID. And in the it takes about a year to, to plan it and prepare it. And people just were not ready to commit themselves to the traditional form of festival around the island. So we did it at St John's Mill last year and it was very well received. There's pros and cons. I think the fact that it's all in one place makes it easier for a lot of people. Well, we'll talk a lot more about that tomorrow. Um, before we talk about music again, you're, you're playing, uh, I want to ask you a question. Did you have a nice garden when you were at home in Liverpool in Crosby? I can't remember. Not Did, particularly, I don't think. I don't think I'm my just, parents were particularly interested. Well, I was trying to think where your, your love of flowers came from. I've always enjoyed doing a little bit more than just sticking them in a glass of, you yeah. know, a vase of water. But really, it was when I came over to the island and got involved on the admin side of the original Flower Festival, which was the Max Heritage Flower Festival, which started in about 1993, I think, and just sort of grown from there. And it's a very sociable thing. I know a lot of groups of people who, who love and work with flowers all over the island. There, there are quite a few groups. Yes. It's, it's yeah. big here. Yeah. Right, music. We've got, a, we've got an organ, sadly, being decommissioned. It's heading out to Poland, where it will sound beautiful once more. We got rid of two violins on a station to some, some mad Irishmen in Liverpool. They've gone. You then concentrated on the piano. When did you migrate to the organ? How did that happen? I think circumstantially, the church we went to in Crosby, we had an organist who was very keen on getting the youngsters to play. So I sort of dabbled a bit there. And then uh, when we got married and moved to Heaton Moor in Stockport, I started playing there. And then I've just sort of carried on, really. And when you did, when you moved here, did people sort of say, oh, I think she's a church organist. Can we have her, please? Because that, that's always a cry, isn't there, to get organists into churches? It is. We're very fortunate at Port Heron. We've, we have had four. We've now got three organists. So we are very, very fortunate, and we know we are. So we have a rotor, and it, it takes away that responsibility of having to do it every single week, which is good. And I'm largely self-taught. I did have a few lessons back in, in Heaton Moor. But it's just really just gleaned over the years of, of having to play for church services. You mentioned a previous guest of ours here, Gareth Moore, who's yeah. teaching lots of lovely young people how to play the organ. I think he's yeah. responsible for getting an awful lot of youngsters in, involved with the instrument. Very much so. Well, and with music in general, I think. Yeah. Not just the organ, I think, with you know, with singing. and uh, He just inspires everybody. And even though you haven't got an organ, or won't have an organ, you'll still be playing down in Port Erin. Yes, we've got a keyboard. Brilliant. Yeah. So your fingers won't be idle. Nope. Good nope. to hear it. Good I've got a it. piano at home. Good to hear that as well. Uh, today's musical choice, Judy, what have we got? We've got Oliver from uh, the musical Food, Glorious Food. OK. That's because I'm associated with the food bank in the Southern Hub, which is a hub of the main food bank in Douglas. Um, and we're based down in Port Erin. Uh, so I thought that was an appropriate choice of music. Well, it certainly is. But before we play it, give them a shout out and please 
tell us what you need most in the food bank because people have very different ideas of what they want to give and what you need and they're sometimes two different things. It varies, to be honest. Uh, we're always short of sugar. We tend to use UHT milk because we give two weeks of food out at a time and obviously fresh milk doesn't keep. Blue milk, toilet rolls, not baked beans. We have enough baked beans to feed probably half of the island and probably not pasta. But other than that, tinned meat, tinned fruit, cleaning oh. products. He's, my husband beside me is writing down, particularly with COVID as well, I think, you know. If you would like to help Food Bank and support the work that Judy and so many others do, why not give the main depot a call in Douglas and they will help you and say, actually, what we could do with this and this is when we can take it off you or whatever. That might be an idea. You'll find them in the book. With that, let's go to Oliver and his food. Thank you. 
This week, my guest on my tunes is Judy Matthews, who plays the organ, plays the piano, used to play the violin until she sold them, and uh, knows an awful lot about the food bank, as we talked yesterday. But today, because it's our last tilt at the my tunes windmill, see what I did there? Flower Festival, 8th to the 10th of July. Tell us all about this year's festival, Judy, and what's your official title and role with it? Um, I don't think I have a title. I'm sort of the coordinator, I suppose. Um, we have a very good team, and it's a team effort. It's not, you know, we don't tend to have specific titles. We just work together. It's the 8th and 10th of July at St John's Mill. We're open from 10.30 to 4.30 each day. There are 31 displays this year. For the first time, I think... We've involved quite a lot of other organisations. So we've got some of the Heritage Trusts taking part. We've got Foxdale. We've got Russian Heritage Trust. We've got the Isle of Man Family History Society. Friends of Onkens Heritage. Friends of Max National Heritage, who usually take part every year. Let's Talk Books from down the north. And probably the centrepiece will be actually in the atrium in Tinwald Mills itself. And that's being done by Floriat, which is um, a group of almost professionals, but not professional uh, flower arrangers on the island who create the most wonderful displays. So if you go into the atrium in Tinwald Mills, you will see a display there and arrows leading you on to St John's Mill parking at the mill and there's also parking round the back off the Port Town Road as well. How difficult is it to keep all the exhibits looking fresh? It's quite difficult. It's easier in a way for this event because it's only three days. The old traditional flower festival used to last a week and particularly if you got hot weather that that was a challenge. Uh, this isn't quite so bad and most of the St John's Mill is fairly shady. There's a couple of hot spots theme this year is the spirit of man so we're trying to keep up the cultural side of it although we're not going around all the churches will it go back to churches do you think are there any plans to take it back or not is it going to stay in this format i have no idea okay it certainly won't stay in this format to be honest it's getting very very difficult to run a festival because churches are finding that they've got fewer and fewer people a who can do the flower arrangements, but also stewarding and providing the cup of tea and coffee and the cake. So we're not sure what the future holds at this stage. So the message is, go and support this year's and go and have a look at everything, enjoy it, get the numbers up and they'll see what they can do next year. And if you'd like to be involved in helping, tell one of the committee who you'll see with a badge on round the place and we will be delighted to talk to you. Flowers, very personal. In fact, going back historically, a whole language of flowers, what they meant as gifts and what you should do with them. What are your favourite flowers, Judy? White lilies. Well, white flowers in general, Ah. but I love white lilies. I can't tempt you with a blue moon rose. We have a blue moon rose in the garden. (laughs) The final track of the week then, she said to me, did Judy, we really ought to have something about flowers. And we were talking about sort of where have all the flowers gone? I thought, well, that's a bit that's a bit downbeat. So where are we going to finish up with? We're going to finish with Flowers in the Rain from The Move. Well, hopefully it won't rain. Hopefully, <laughs> but it is all undercover. It's all undercover and it's all happening 8th to the 10th of July at St John's Mill. Judy, thank you for joining us on my tunes. 
Thank you for having me. And thank you for promoting the Flower Festival. Woke up one morning half asleep With all my blankets in a heap And yellow roses scattered all around The time was still approaching For I couldn't stand it anymore So Mary goes upon my eye down I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain Feel the power of the rain Making the garden grow I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain Thanks to my MyTunes guest all this week, Judy Matthews. Great to catch up and some fabulous tunes. I'm Mark Tiley, and try and join me if you can for the Shaw Morning Show, Monday to Friday on Manx Radio, 9.30 to 12. And don't forget to keep coming back here to manxradio.com for new podcasts uh, because they're being added every single day.